Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show, and as always, by the grace of God, it is finally Friday, and I am finally actually looking forward to a weekend. I know you, you might find that troubling. You're like, what, what, what? I thought everybody enjoyed the weekend. No, no, not really. Not really. I like doing this. This is what I enjoy doing. And, and I don't like doing things on the honeydew list. And I'm already telling you that uh, I am girding my loins uh, and started girding my loins uh, about uh, on Monday. Don't try to visualize that because I know there's going to be stuff to do. Uh, I know this is a big deal for our house because uh, we ordered a couch almost a year ago. It's the first new couch we've had since before our children were born. Our son is 22, so the couch is older than that. And we're finally, Pete Buttigieg, I think, is actually going to ride into town on the couch because it's the first successful supply chain breakage that he has experienced under his tenure. We're finally getting our couch uh, fully a year later. So our brand new couch, and we're going to move the old couch to the she shed, and uh, and that's going to be on the honeydew list. But it, you know, it's kind of a big deal here in the uh, in the Carson household. Hi, and welcome to Friday. We got a lot of good news today. I, I know it's hard to believe, but we do have a lot of good news today, other than this this idiotic spending package that now Kristen Sinema is down with. Uh, Kristen Sinema is down with this. Uh, 87,000 new IRS agents. We need 87,000 new police, by the way, in America's cities. But they're going to try to do this, and all we can hope for is that it won't pass. It probably will. And that when, uh, when the Republicans grab both houses of Congress, they fire every one of them. Fire every damned one of them. And then fire about, I don't know, 50 50 to 100, maybe a couple hundred thousand federal employees who are entrenched swamp dwellers. How about that? How about Washington, D.C. finally feel the agony that you and I have been feeling for years on and off, depending on who's in office? But by and large, the one thing uniform about everybody in Washington, D.C., since like Joe Biden became a senator back in 1873, I think it was actually, no, it was 1973. Uh, he was born in 1873. But anyway, uh, they've always, always, Washington, D.C. always lives with more while you live with less. With, with When you are going through the most severe strife you could possibly imagine, maybe you're going through it right now, I would imagine a good deal of you are. I would imagine a good deal of you are. Because if I were the person and in the position that I was literally just over a year ago, my family would be suffering immensely. Because uh, I was having to sell cars for a living, and, and now there are no cars to sell, Pete Buttigieg. Edge. Why don't you get on that there, Petey? What do you say there, buddy? Huh? How about that? How about uh, the car lots start looking uh, more like America and less like Cuba? How about the grocery stores start looking like uh, America and not like Venezuela? Uh, we still don't have baby formula for a lot of kids in the country. This is America. This is America. But there's some good news today. And we're going to get to that, and and I'll just start it with uh, the best bit of good news. Well, I did. I do have to. I may. I have to make a correction. I, I apologize here. 
yesterday during the uh, the radio program i did uh, i did uh, make uh, what could be considered to be a uh, a mistake uh, or or even uh, might have left something out and, and i certainly want to be truthful on this radio program that's what the, the show's all about i'm not here to deceive you in any way shape or form unlike alex uh what, what alex jones i guess and some other people on the left actually uh, alex jones is not on the left i don't know where the hell he is he's out there he needs a gps for his brain to come back but anyway uh that said i, I did make a mistake yesterday i said that uh, that donald trump was 170 and 10 with regard to victories for candidates that he has endorsed thus far this season um i was mistaken I want to apologize, a full-throated apology, and actually make that number 171 and 10 because uh, Carrie Lake is now the official Republican candidate for the state of Arizona. Oh, hell yeah. We have the ideas, we have the oh, policies, yeah. and we are going to win this 100%. I don't want any of you to not believe that. There's a night before last. When they count the votes, we are going to win this, and there's no path to victory for us. She won every county, by the way. Opponent. Yeah. <laughs> and when we get into uh, office, yeah. we are going to reform our elections. For there are people in uh, in Arizona. There are Democrats in Arizona and Rhino Republicans who are, uh, if they haven't already, um, soiling their undergarments once and for all with the thought of her as the governor. Oh. Because we're going to get to the bottom of all of this crap. We're going to get to all of this, all of this stuff that's been called misinformation and disinformation about election theft by Democrats. And Democrats know it, too. You know it, don't you? You know. Those of you in positions of power, you know. Those of you who were mules, you know. You know. And hell is coming with her. I, I wish that our election officials had their act together, don't we? I wish they could count votes. I wish they didn't give us the felt tip pens that we know we don't like. I wish it were all better, but we didn't have the people with courage. It's amazing. We've led the world with uh, like every kind of technology possible. Uh, with the private sector, we you know invented the airplane over here, you know, and a bicycle, and uh, uh, there's a, a million things that a myriad things that we've not only built but we've also made better in America. We've actually made better, but they can't pull their heads out of their arses when it comes to uh, running elections, and it's because Democrats want to cheat. Last session to get anything done, but I guarantee you. When we get into office, which we will, and January of 2023, yes. we are turning it all around, and we're fixing our election system for once and for all. There you go. That's all we need right here. No more live votes. It's Jim Gossett, by the way. Just what makes this senile old man Governor. think he can be pres when he can't. Go, Kerry. Everyone knows this man can't. Keep from pooping his pants. He won the live vote. The dead guy. Vote. You can't say that. The fake ballots pulled out of the sky. Disinformation. Vote. He isn't really president, just a resident. He was chosen by mail. That's my opinion. The only thing that he knows how to do every day, screwing me and you. Only thing that Joe can do is to fail. They think you're going to forget 2020. No, I, I, I really mean it. Dems have got no hope with this old dope. He has not met a gal that he won't. 
Biden has got a broken brain. His VP is lame. Kamala's been a big flop. Whoopstick goes Biden on the ground. On his keister, Joe is usually found. Whoops, Joe Biden, he is going kerplop. Kerplop, everybody. This is a funny article. This is uh, very close to what I saw yesterday from the New York Times saying that election victories by Trump allies showcase his grip on the GOP base. And through the entire article, they talk about the uh, the uh, the big lie, the big lie, and the, the, the election steal is a big lie. You know why it's a big lie? It's because they named it a big lie because they thought they could actually distract you. It's kind of like calling this massive spending bill that is, uh, how do I say this politely, whoring out our uh, our federal government while we're suffering, uh, spending, spending, spending on nonsense, putting people out of business, putting uh, uh, fossil fuel producers out of business, Joe Manchin screwing over his own constituents in coal country, saying that they're just going to pave over coal mines and they're going to put up windmills and nonsense, and then uh, taking care of a pipeline, oddly enough, a pipeline that he supports, which carries natural gas, which is about the cleanest thing you can possibly burn. You could possibly burn. Right after that, going to be fossil fuel. And then right after that, uh, well, nuclear would be next, I guess. Then fossil fuel, then coal. They are all uh, pretty darn clean burning technologies. And if you smelled the air lately, hold on. I think it's the same. If I, no, I could be wrong. Uh, I've been on the planet for uh, 50-some years. Hold on. I am, uh, I am getting enough of uh, the natural gases that we expect in the atmosphere, including oxygen, and I'm still, a, a, I'm still getting rid of CO2. <sighs> Hasn't changed at all. Not since I was a kid. It's always been the same. Never struggled for breath. Never went, oh, man, there's too much CO2 in the atmosphere. Oh, my God, I can't breathe. No, it's still exactly the same. Pretty much the same. And, and in the summer, it gets hot in some places, and sometimes it rains a lot. And then in the spring, it rains a lot. And then the, in the winter, it gets real cold, and it, and it snows a lot. It just depends on where you are. Kind of weird that way. But here's another. MAGA die hard in 2020. Election denier Kerry Lake wins GOP primary for Arizona. They think that's going to be a negative. They think that uh, uh, election denier is a pejorative when we wear it proudly. Because you know what? We educated ourselves. We looked at the affidavits, the sworn affidavits of people seeing that, uh, that the vote was be stolen, uh, being stolen, the videotapes, the lies with the shutting down five battleground states uh, at the same time they're vote counting when Joe Biden was far behind and finding enough votes uh, pulled out a whole cloth, sometimes in, uh, in favor of Joe Biden by 100 uh, percent. Nursing homes in Wisconsin, 91 nursing homes with 97 to 100 percent voter turnout. Out, even most, even though most of the people there can't feed themselves, can't change their own uh, soiled undergarments. Uh, I'm saying that a lot lately. I'll try not to. But anyway, uh, uh, speaking of Brittany Griner, just kidding. She's a little nervous this morning too. But. Um, that said, uh, they, they had all these nursing homes in, in, places like, uh, in places like Wisconsin, in places like Minnesota, high-rise buildings where uh, nursing home residents, people being threatened. Uh, I've got stories on that. They disappeared, just disappeared from sight. Lake will now move forward to the general election where she will face off against Democrat Katie Hobbs, who is currently Arizona's Secretary of State. Race to succeed term-limited uh, Republican Doug Ducey gained national attention as Lake repeatedly spread false claims the 2020 election was stolen. Yeah, but you know, I don't think it was stolen. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. You know, also, uh, I also know that the uh, Hunter Biden laptop is real. Do you know why? 
because I'm not stupid. You know why I think that Russia collusion was fake and I knew it from the get-go? That uh, Donald Trump would not collude with Russia and Russia didn't want Donald Trump to be the president because Hillary Clinton was already uh, bought and paid for. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. And honestly, I'm tired of this nonsense. I'm tired of this labeling something that it is when you're lying about it, like the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which it has nothing to do with what's going through Congress right now. What the hell does hiring 87,000? IRS Gestapo have to do with reducing inflation. You're being played again. They're still playing you. But the great thing is people like Carrie Lake are telling those who would play us to suck it. Okay? And she won handily in Arizona. All the votes have been counted. Uh, she cleaned house. She took every county in, in Arizona. She owned it. She schooled them. She got more legal votes than they could muster illegal votes. And now the Democrat Party should be thrilled that the Trump campaign opponent, the trump supported uh, candidate is in the race. They should be celebrating. Oh, my God, she's never going to win. Carrie Lake will never win. But they're not doing that. They're ignoring the story. They're doing the same thing with Dan Cox in Maryland, who is a Trump-supported uh, candidate for governor. They're doing the same thing with, uh, with uh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania. He is a, uh, a, a Republican. He is a Trump-supported candidate for the governor of that Democrat state. And Ron DeSantis, of course, they're trying to tear him down, but he's kicking booty. And I got some great audio from him. More good news on the way from Ron DeSantis, who kicks butt. He'll be the next vice president of the United States to Donald Trump. That's what I think. 800-922-6680 is the number if you'd like to call on this Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Stick around, guys. care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. He got 81 million votes. Yeah, right. It's the Rob Carson Show. Don't worry. You know, it's amazing. Conservatives in this country are getting a lot of things done and having a lot of victories. Unlike the left, we didn't have to burn down a damn thing. Didn't have to set fire to anything. Didn't have to burn down some churches. Didn't have to go out into the streets and riot and all that stuff and cause $2 billion worth of damage. We're just getting it done. Yeah, we're getting it done. And you know what? There are a lot of people who are, uh, you know, we got to re-kind of define what liberal and conservative is. Because liberal used to be open-minded. Liberal used to be, hey, we can sit around the table. We can talk about whatever. But really, it's not. Uh, the left is no longer liberal. The left is left. All right? And I would venture to say there are a lot of people, uh, and I don't like to use my call myself a liberal, but I will tell you that I am a, a conservative in so many ways, very pro-life, very small government, very strong defense, very border, very strong border. And if, uh, if you want to make pot legal in your state, I don't care. I'm not a big pot smoker. All right, I wouldn't try to sneak a vape pen into Russia, anything like that. Uh, but, uh, you know, what the hell? Uh, to me, honestly, I've seen alcohol destroy more lives than pot any day. Uh, and, and you may take pot more seriously, and that's perfectly fine because it's nasty stuff. It can be a gateway and a whole deal, but, that, you know, leave it, to the, leave it to the voters. Same way with abortion. Abortion. The other day, we had a, 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 they rejected an amendment to limit abortion in some way, shape, or form in the state of Kansas where I live. And a bunch of, uh, a bunch of people got together and lied about it and uh, sent misleading information about it and said they're going to take away the, lie, the right to, uh, to choose an abortion. And uh, that, was un, that was not true. 
It was a little bit late-term abortion. It was to, uh, to make sure that taxpayers didn't pay for somebody's abortion. That's what it was all about. But you know what? They listened to the advertising, the lies. They didn't bother to investigate it, and they passed the bill. So uh, welcome to Kansas. Come for the skiing. Stay for the abortion. Oh, wait a minute. There's no skiing. Forget it. Just come to Kansas for an abortion. Come to Kansas for the wonderful beaches. Oh, son of a son of a gun. There's no beaches really here, so just come for the abortion. You see where I'm going? This could be we could be the next California in Kansas. My God in heaven. And uh, you know what? We really aren't in Kansas anymore. I'll just I'll just be honest. Uh, Sam in Selbyville, Delaware, Delaware. Hello there, Sam. Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. How are you doing today? Doing fine. How about yourself? I'm glorious, man. I, I, I do miss my Delaware. I miss my grotto pizza. Yeah, well, I'm heading there now for the week, oh. long weekend. All right, brother, uh, what's up? I have a, I have a question. I saw something in Yahoo News that uh, Biden vows to get Brittany Griner out of Russia. Yeah. Uh, I wonder, uh, did Fox or at least uh, Newsmax uh, ask him, what are you doing about all the people you left behind in Afghanistan? I got you. Uh, there are still a lot of people left behind in Afghanistan, and uh, while they are not being held captive, uh, at least well, I'm sure some of them are, clearly not as high profile as uh, as Brittany Griner. Um, as far as uh, I know that uh, Hannity on his radio show, he opens every day with how many days it's been since uh, Af- the Afghan withdrawal, and I also know right. several hosts on, uh, on Newsmax also are down with it. But I understand the hypocrisy. The Biden administration wants to get the headline. They want to let somebody, they want to do a prisoner swap like they did with Bo Bergdahl, uh, except for, oh you know, you know, this time they're, they're lowering their standards to a, a female basketball player who uh, sneaked in a vape pen, and they're going to try and get this, what, merchant of death, I guess, in exchange for her. And there's a possibility there is, a, uh, there is a, uh, an American in Russia being held in jail, but he may not get released. They may just go with Brittany Griner because there's more. She checks more boxes, you see. She's a... Uh, exactly. You know, she checks more boxes than the white guy stuck in jail over there. <laughs> right. Now, let me ask you this, Sam, because I don't think Brittany Griner should go to jail for nine years. I do not. I do not. But yeah. I think the I, thing that d- drove her, oh, you're going to go, all right, have fun in Delaware. You going to Rehoboth? You going to Dewey? Where are you going? Delaville. It's just above uh, Fenwick Beach. Oh, lovely, lovely. All right, my brother. Have, have safe travels. Appreciate your phone call. Uh, Brittany Griner is a spoiled, entitled millennial. Brittany Brittany Griner is a spoiled, entitled uh, millennial, and she has been raised to have a chip on her shoulder because she happened to be born as a black uh, child. And uh, and instead of uh, America... Uh, and I've been following this for 30 years of my broadcast career, uh, looking at the, the internal strife in the black community and inner cities destroyed by the great society and the rise in violent crime and all of this. And Democrats have done everything they can to distract from their failings and say that America is inherently racist. So Brittany Griner has been uh, grown up with a chip on her shoulder. Uh, she's pissed off about the American flag for, for no reason. And she, she kneeled and she sat during the American anthem and uh, the national anthem and all this. And now she's realizing that maybe America doesn't suck so badly. And she thought she'd take her arrogant millennial uh, self, like she is here, she can march around and she can be a complete D-word in the United States of America. But if you try that in Russia, she goes over there, she thinks, I'm spoiled, I'm entitled, I'm a professional athlete. She goes to Russia, she brings her vape pen with her that has a THC in it, the vape and weed, whatever, and then she acts like she forgot about it. I doubt it. I mean, maybe she did forget 
about it. But also, I think maybe she just kind of had this hubris and arrogance that she had in this country because she can get away with it. She can wipe her nose with the flag. She can sit down during the national anthem. She can call the the America America racist and all this stuff. And now she goes over with that attitude to Russia, and she realized that maybe America is really, really awesome. And I hope that hits her right square between the eyes if she gets a traded. All right, uh, more of the show coming up, 800-922-6680. Blanca, you hold on, you're next. As we've been saying for many months now, we are in a, um, and the president, including the president, has been saying that we are in a transition to a stable uh, and steady growth. And during that transition, what- this is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the uh, bunch of jobs that were created yesterday. And we are back to uh, pre-pandemic levels as far as jobs are concerned. I'll explain the difference between now and then in just a second. You'll see is instead of that record high uh, breaking number, job numbers. That- you know, is it really whenever the economy uh, is driven into a recession, aren't you always effectively in a transition to a better day, right? Isn't that what you're trying to... Aren't you always in transition? I mean, the, the Biden administration came in and they transitioned the, the economy into, uh, uh, well, suck town, and, uh, and now they're going to try and transition it out. That we've been seeing every month in the realm of 500,000 to 600,000 jobs on average per month. Uh, we're expecting uh, at, at, to be closer to uh, 150,000 jobs per month. Oh, no, they had like 500-some thousand new jobs uh, pretty Jesus, pass the mashed potatoes. Oh, my God, happy days are here again, even though you're paying twice as much for gas and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're putting your uh, your bills on the credit card and the whole deal. Uh, trust me, I know all this stuff. I've seen it. And, and you can't get baby formula. And, you know, and, and you should uh, praise the dear leader because gas only costs twice as much as it used to cost. And in the meantime, you're still suffering. And uh, what about these jobs? What about all these jobs that are being created? Well, here is uh, uh, economist Peter Schiff saying, uh, talking about the jobs that people are getting. But if you actually look at the jobs, almost all these new jobs were for people who already had jobs. These were people taking second and third jobs because... Wait, 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 wait a minute here. Hold on. That's not what Corinne Jean-Pierre is saying. They're struggling to pay the bills, and you have a lot of retirees who are being forced back into the workforce because inflation has eviscerated their incomes, and now they have no choice but to go to work. So these are not jobs that people want. These are jobs that people are forced to take because the economy is so weak. Meanwhile, uh, employment is a lagging indicator. I think we're going to see mass layoffs in the third and fourth quarter of this year as employers start to react to the reality of inflation by laying off workers. And, uh, and they are, by the way. There are a lot of big companies that are laying off workers, including uh, CNN. <laughs> That's too bad. What a what a terrible thing that is. Uh, so yeah, this is the beginning of the third quarter. Uh, people are getting their second and third jobs. People are coming out of retirement because they can't make a living. I'll just do a real quick story before I go to Blanca in Baltimore. Last night I go visit my wife, and uh, she's got a second job that she does. And now we don't desperately need her to do it, but she likes to get out of the house, so she works at Ace Hardware. 
So I go to Ace Hardware last night. And we also like the discount because I think the discount is like 20%. You should go work at Ace Hardware. Holy hell. It's spectacular. So I decide I'm going to take our little dog with me to go visit my wife at Ace Hardware. And my little dog, she's a Shih Tzu, and uh, her name is Desi. And we have two dogs. We have three dogs, uh, not, by, not by design, but by accident. Uh, two of them are named Desi and Lucy. That's it. Take Desi. Go there. Desi's happy. Desi's happy. She loves going to the store. She loves going to Lowe's and all. Loves to run around and meet people. And she goes around to the front, and they got this really cool uh, patio furniture display, and it's all on sale because, you know, it's well into the summer, heading towards the fall. So uh, my dog is there, and she decides she's going to jump up on the, on, the, on the patio furniture, the couch. And I'm like, oh, this is so cute. It's just so cute. And the people are looking and all. And all of a sudden, she just decides to take a big old pee right on the couch. This is what your kids do, by the way. When you, when you, you're bragging on your kid. Oh, yeah, my daughter, she sings all the time. And, oh, look, at she can say da-da, and she's only four months old, and you, you show her, and, you know, she poops out of her diaper or something. I don't know. But uh, that's what happened. And uh, fortunately, it wasn't fabric, so we were able to clean it up pretty quickly. If I had been standing there, I would have said, I will give you half price for that, uh, that sofa because the dog peed on it. But nobody saw that, so that was positive. And it wasn't fabric, so it didn't get it. We just, yeah, anyway. Let's go to Blanca. Hello, Blanca in Baltimore. How are you today? You want to talk about Dan Cox and uh, the oh. gathering momentum. Go ahead. Definitely. Hi. Hi, Robert. Good to hear your voice. Uh, Yes, there is momentum. And the momentum is really coming from every area, specifically in Baltimore City. As we all know, Baltimore City, whatever happens in our city, it does either bleed out into the rest of it or it brings a a really transformative way to look at how to uh, live, work, and play as the model is around here. No, you can't live, work, and play if there's shootings, uh, yep. carjackings, uh, you're, you know, a machete uh, right you know, down the street from our house. Um, yep. No, it cannot happen. So the momentum for, for Dan Cox is that he really is unique and that he uh, is not claiming to be from Baltimore City like the, the, uh, his opponent. And yep. he didn't benefit uh, from working in a nonprofit and uh, gain uh, from uh, claiming that he helped poverty. See, it doesn't work. When you you earn more uh, than those who you're trying to help and claim that you're helping the poor, um, no, you've, you've, uh, it's, I do not like, I don't like anyone that tells me, uh, I know how it is to be Hispanic, uh, working three jobs. Uh, That's what I'm doing right now, Rob. I have a special needs son, as you know. Uh, Yes, that's what I'm doing right now. So wow. these job numbers, uh, the uh, that that Jean Pierre, whatever uh, she, uh, it, where are the job numbers for the teacher shortage that are six hundred shortages? before yeah. school starts on the 29th. And yeah, now, now, Blanca, Blanca, let me tell you just real quick here. I know you're worked up, and it's spectacular. I love it. Uh, but I talked to my our friend Balt, Barbara. You know, Barbara, she uh, she's yeah, Barbara from Baltimore. She calls in a Hannity show all the time. She's dynamite. And she says that people of color are going to vote for Dan Cox. They, they, the momentum is building. And I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. People of color, black people in America's inner cities are sick and tired of this crap. 
They're tired of it. And by God in heaven, I'm tired of seeing glorious municipalities, once glorious municipalities, descend into crap. I used to take my son to baseball games in Baltimore. It was wonderful to go see Orioles games with my son. They would have this little league thing, and you'd get to walk around the warning track with the kids and the whole deal. I wouldn't take my kids there. I used to take my kids to the Inner Harbor. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Fells Point, all of this stuff in Baltimore. And Democrats have, have driven it into crap. We've got these squeegee kids down shooting people downtown. We've got restaurant owners being shot outside of the restaurant. We've got an, an older woman who was uh, driving for Uber to make ends meet murdered yeah. the same night that the restaurant owner was murdered. C- people of color, black people and Hispanics are leaving the Democrat Party in droves. Dan Cox, you have nothing to be afraid of because the only thing that things can do in Baltimore is get worse with Democrats. They've had 50-plus years to do something, and they're, they've put the pedal to the metal on absolute destruction of the black family, the Hispanic family, and the inner cities in America. Blanca, go ahead. That's correct. And let me tell you something about the Hispanics. I know many. I actually know more Democrats than I know Republicans. I have for 20 years. Yeah. I have worked with Democrats. I have volunteered for Democratic efforts. But, you know, I'm never, I have never been ashamed to say who I am. And I have, I'm not bragging. What I'm saying to you is that people in leadership, they're recognizing me because of what they know that I do and what I have done. I'm not, I'm not pandering. See, I'm trying to empower people. I'm, I'm teaching at the library literacy for people who speak English like you and I who can't read and write. There's an MTA bus driver saying, I cannot read and write. I know the route, but I can't read and write. I'd like to advance in my career. Blanca, in, in Baltimore, Baltimore is the is the worst exactly. example for we're schools. Thousands, thousands of children, thousands of children, their test results were lied about. Thousands of children did not attend classes, and the and the administrators lied and said they went to schools. Kids are leaving school not able with any functional no, ability no. whatsoever at all, and so they descend into absolute hell. And there's a real good chance if it's a black kid, particularly a young black man or a young black woman, the young black woman is going end up with two babies by the time she graduates from high school and the young black man is going to be dead yes and that is because if we do not protect our babies from the womb my question is will they survive will they survive the the classroom if they survive the womb will they survive the classroom before they be swallowed by the street and i am not going to allow my children or anyone else's children. I am a former teacher, as you know from previous conversations. I will continue to do what I am called to do, and that is to serve, and that is to volunteer, and that is to raise my children and give an example that Baltimore can be a beacon of light instead of everybody else's butt of the joke. Now, Blanca, let me ask you this. You are a Hispanic American. There are a lot of brown people coming across the southern border, and Democrats expect them to, uh, to uh, you know, vote for them because they're going to give them a pittance. They're going to give them the chance to vote. Now, let me ask you this as a, as a Hispanic American. Uh, which party would you be more closely aligned with, one that is pro-life, one that is pro-faith, one that is pro-family, one that is pro-strong borders, pro-strong military, low, uh, low taxes, uh, low regulation, or... Uh, down with uh, uh, LGBTQ, changing your child's sex at uh, 10 years old, giving them puberty blockers, puberty blockers and surgery. Uh, they teach CRT in schools. They want higher taxes, and now they want to hire 87,000 new IRS agents to go after. Which side are you going to go to there, Blanca? 
decide that, you know, Hispanics have always been pro-family, pro-free entrepreneurship, pro-family strength and leaving a legacy. And they have never, Hispanics that are coming here are coming to get CRT in their schools, and they're going to be in a shock. Yeah, Blanca, let me, let me, one of the things, one of the things uh, we had, uh, Myra Flores, she got elected for the first time a, a Democrat seat in, uh, in Texas. You want to know, did you see, I don't know if you saw her ad, her ad featured her Hispanic family, her dad wearing, you know, big old belt buckle, big old cowboy hat, and everybody gathered around the table holding hands, praying before and thanking God for the feast. There was nothing ever wrong with that, Blanca. And this is one of the reasons that she won. Because of all the things you have in your life, of all the things you have in your life, the most valuable are your friends and your family, those you love, and and living the American dream. And the Democrat Party gives you nothing right now. No. They want to. They want to take the biggest eraser they can find, and they want to erase three things that are ingrated in our Hispanic culture and actually human culture. And that is faith, family, and freedom of thought. And they want to erase all three of those. Amen. Thank you, Blanca. I appreciate it. You know, when I... Literally, I'm this kid from Iowa, right? I, you know, we had a couple, uh, two uh, black kids in our school, some Hispanic kids in our school, but by and large, you know, lily white class. And I always, since I got into radio broadcasting, I always saw what was happening in American inner cities with young black men, particularly young black women, living a life of crime, dying early, having a bunch of kids without a father at home and all of these things and it's agon- I've agonized over this. I've worked with adoption and fostering and all of this and I've said we've got to get to a point where that young people of color, particularly young men can realize the glory and the beauty and the awesomeness of uh, growing up, educating yourself, creating uh, you know being gainfully employed or being an entrepreneur and being a dad is the best thing in the world. It is so much better than anything you could possibly imagine. It is better than street hustling it is better than drug dealing. It is better than the popular culture, which is misogynistic and violent. It's wonderful. And I really think that if there were a low point that we could pick ourselves up from, this is the time. This is the time. And we do this not only from a position of policy, but we do it from a position of love. And the other side continually calls us racist when they're the ones who are supporting the destruction of the family. They're the ones who are screaming racism when there is none. They're the ones who don't give a crap about black lives being lost in inner cities on weekends. The only thing they care about is what involves a white police officer. Bravo, Blanca, beautiful phone call. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hey, I want to mention something. Um, you know, this show's only 10 months old. We're not a we're not a, a show that's been around nationally for a while. We're adding affiliates, affiliates all the time. We got uh, some good news coming uh, with regard to some uh, affiliates that we are adding, including uh, uh, one of the uh, the. Uh, the not so 48 states, not uh, not one of the contiguous states, getting ready to add one. 
I can't say anything about it, but the, the things are growing, and uh, we're going to start getting out and uh, and hopefully going to different areas of the country like we have New York, like we did uh, Baltimore, uh, like we did Florida, and uh, hopefully soon Atlanta. Uh, Jim Gossett, he does a lot of the parodies. We collaborate on some things, and he comes up with brilliant stuff, and we do have some new offerings that we'll share as the uh, show progresses today. Anyway, Jim is a comedian, an impressionist, and he's got a show Saturday, uh, August the 27th in, uh, in Alpharetta, Georgia. At 37 Windward Plaza. Um, I'm going to put this on social media, but I'll give you the number now if you'd like to order tickets for his show. And his show's a riot, by the way. And eventually, I hope to get on stage with him and, and do a show together. Uh, 679 or 678-829-SHOW. 678-829-SHOW. It's Saturday, August 27th. Jim Gossett Live, 678-829-SHOW. And pretty soon, we're going to be packing stadiums. I tell you. We're going, to be tack- we're going to be packing the stadiums because, you know what, there's a lot of good news to be had. There's a lot of great things that are happening in the country. And a lot of people are going to pay for the injustice that they've served and the indignity <clears throat> that they've served us for the last, well, at least five years, but going back as many as, I don't know, forever. Let's go to Roy and Dundalk. Hello there, Roy, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on, my friend? Hey, Rob, you're funny as crap, man. Thanks. I know. I know. We, you and I talked about having a date and getting a happy meal together, but I think I'm going to yeah. change that now because I'm going to have this lady down the street make us some borscht. Oh, borscht! So we, borscht. Feel, we can get a feel what uh, what the grinder girl is going to be eating for the next nine years. <laughs> so, I mean, it's okay once, but I don't think I'd eat nine for nine years every day. It's like really kind of nasty, really. I'm going to tell you, I think uh, borscht is much better than a borschun. You know, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, everything. Well, yeah. No, but let me ask you this because. Uh, let me ask you this. Actually, they look the same. They kind of look the same, Rob. They look the same, actually. Uh, yes. Let me, let, okay, let's anyway, not go. Uh, let's not go there. Go ahead. I've been hearing your spots all day about drag queens and stuff, and you missed, like, the most famous drag queen of all time, Harvey Firestein. Oh, yes. And, oh, yes. And uh, his two favorite people of mine were Fonda Boys and Anita Mann. They were, like, his two favorite drag queens. <laughs> well, you know, they've got, like, head of lettuce. Uh, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> There's a That's lot of them. Stuff, There's a lot of them. You know, and Roy, here's the thing about the, the drag queens. Drag queens used to be akin to, essentially, uh, similar in some ways to uh, the circus clown. Uh, I don't want to, you know, insult anybody, but circus clowns, they were always, they, nobody took circus clowns seriously because they were in big shoes and honking noises. Uh, noses. And my wife and I have always gone to drag queen shows, and we've always looked at these body, loud, over-the-top, huge hair, ungodly makeup and it's all because oh yeah wink wink nudge nudge that's a dude all right but for some reason we have decided to take these vaudevillian uh, almost i guess um dated performances and give them some sort of credence as aoc called them patriots the other day i don't even think most drag queens feel that way i used to know one in, in minneapolis miss richfield 1985 she'd never say she was a patriot she'd say no i'm a drag queen roy there, there's a there's a, a bar on on Blair Road here in town uh, in Carney yeah. that has drag shows on Sunday nights. And they really are funny as crap. Yeah. They are funny. And the Hamburger Marys in Washington D.C. is a great show. My wife's been down to that, and they're great shows. But if you're going to subscribe some sort of cultural relevance as leaders, uh, really, drag queens? I mean, re- really, really? You know, it's like it's like saying that yeah, people who juggle flaming torches, they're going to be the next right. uh, kid. You know, we want them to read for kids in in libraries. It's weird. Yeah. I love your show, man. You're funny as crap, man. Thank you, my bro. Just uh, tell people about it, will you? Will you, Roy? I appreciate that, man. 
All right, we don't have time to get to Ron DeSantis, but we're going to start the next hour with Ron DeSantis absolutely kicking arse and taking names in Florida, firing, doing what so many governors should be doing, firing Soros prosecutors, firing them. No recall, firing. I've got that coming up. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Zenith Firearms is an American-owned and operated company based in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Central Virginia. Initially founded in 2014, Zenith built its reputation for superb customer service through firearm and ammunition imports. With many years of expertise in the platform, Zenith is now proudly manufacturing its own line of U.S.-made roller-delayed blowbacks. Zenith provides the American people with a premium product made right here in the United States, starting with the introductory model, the ZF-5. Newly released in 2022, the ZF-5 is based on the most popular and iconic 9mm submachine gun, the MP-5. While the ZF-5 is available immediately, Zenith's three compact personal defense models are available for pre-order and will begin shipping later this year. Zenith proudly supports our nation's military, law enforcement, and responsibly armed citizens protecting the Second Amendment. Check out Zenith Firearms at zenithfirearms.com. That's zenithfirearms.com, or like and subscribe to their social media pages. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is Rob Carson Show, and by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Finally, Friday... Can you believe it is already the 5th of August? Dear Lord, 11 days from Elvis' death anniversary. Can you believe it? Yeah, I know that. I was a big Elvis fan when I was a kid. What is this this year? This is, uh, what did you... Oh, 45 years. Holy hell, 45 years since Elvis uh, left the building, as it were. Anyway, welcome uh, welcome to the show. Uh, a lot of things we need to uh, get to. Oh, the grilling yesterday of Christopher Ray on Capitol Hill, the FBI director, the weasel, weasel. And here's the thing. We need to, even when we get setbacks, to greet them with a sense of, obviously, urgency and um, strength, and also to do our very best to not get bogged down and so negative and so angry. I get it. It happens to me all the time. And I come to the uh, the mic and I try every day to bring the passion that I feel with regard to where the country is going and how we are fighting back and how we're winning. And another thing we need to do is we need to remember. We need to remember. This is really important because the Democrat Party has taken advantage of you in so many ways thinking and knowing that their indiscretions, what they do to you, what they do to the country, will be forgotten. <clears throat> You're proving that you've got a long memory, and people are going to pay for what they did. The uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Joe Biden thought by coming up to the anniversary, the anniversary of the, uh, the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, which left 70% of Americans humiliated, by the way, a greater number in the military. And Joe Biden thought by taking out Zawahiri... In Kabul, where he had a palatial villa, allegedly, because there were reports in 2020, uh, I had at least six news accounts he died of asthma. And we have nobody, and we have no DNA, 
and Joe Biden is in charge. And it's coming up on the anniversary of the awful withdrawal from Afghanistan. So I'm kind of doubting that actually happened. You know, maybe it did. Maybe it did. But he clearly needed a victory. And he tried to do a little victory dance. But we remember Afghanistan. We remember the 13 Americans who were blown to bits by a terrorist that was let out of prison after Joe Biden pulled all of our people out of there and left so many to die. We remember it. As much as the mainstream media, big social media, the Democrat Party said, you can't say anything about 2020, the day after the election in 2020, my Facebook page with hundreds of thousands of followers disappeared before I could make a post. Before I could say anything about, wow, that was really weird last night that all these big battleground states that Joe Biden had to win, Donald Trump was trouncing Joe Biden, and then they all stopped at the same time, including in Atlanta, where they said there was a water main break. There was no water main break. You see what I just did there? I just remembered. Carrie Lake won in Arizona. She's the Republican candidate in Arizona for governor. She hasn't forgotten, and she's going to remind you of the indignity that they suffered upon you by saying you can't say anything about thinking there was chicanery in the election. They call it disinformation, misinformation. They wanted to create a a disinformation czar. They tried to create an office of disinformation just like Joseph Stalin did, and we said no, and they had to pull it. Oh, they're still trying this crap. Don't get me wrong. They're still calling what you say disinformation and misinformation on a number of levels. They played you with regard to COVID. You couldn't say anything about possible prophylaxis prevention measures for COVID, some things you could take ahead of time like hydroxychloroquine to prevent infection. And yet we know that monkeypox is infecting 98% of the patients are gay men who've had a approximately average five anonymous sex partners in the last three months, okay? And 41% of those are HIV positive. Now, if this were a year ago, and you said something like, well, you know what I'd do is I'd stop having sex with anonymous people at, uh, you know, raves and orgies. That's not homophobic or anything. I, I literally, somebody asked me about the the state of emergency has been declared about monkeypox. And I wrote back and said, well, sure, but we don't need to declare a state of emergency for the entire population when here are the statistics. And I could tell by the response I got that, oh, you're homophobic. I expected that from you. Well, it's not homophobic. You see, because I remember 1982, 83, when I was in high school, and all of a sudden this virus came out of nowhere and there were gay men who had these big purple lesions on their skin and they died of all sorts of uh, maladies, including cancer that ate them alive because their immune systems were depressed. They called it acquired immune deficiency syndrome. It was HIV and then acquired immune deficiency syndrome was the end of it. That's when the virus took over your body when your, your immune system had died and you died. And I had friends who died of it. And the, there was a great deal of homophobia, a great deal of violence against gays back then. I understand. But this is purely meant to say, hey, guys, give it a rest. 
I could say 15 days to stop the spread, but that would sound kind of weird. We'll get into that as the uh, as the show progresses today. Ron DeSantis, the reason why two things. America loves him is because of his policies. The reason why the left hates him is because of his policies. He is the antithesis of what George Soros wants to do to the country. He is the opposite of what the left is attempting to do this to this country, and he is creating Eden in Florida. Now, Florida is already Eden, you know, although there's some weirdness. You know, let's, there's some, you know, a lot of weird news comes out of Florida. But Florida's pretty cool. I love Florida. I'd love to have a place in Florida. I really would. My wife wants to go to North Carolina. I'm cool, but I really like Florida. But uh, as Gavin Newsom makes Eden into a crap hole on the West Coast, and by the way, California legislators, despite what's happened in the Tenderloin section of San Francisco, weird, I don't think it's because of the stake. Anyway, they're going to expand these uh, drug, uh, open-air drug markets around the state, even though it's been an abject failure. Abject failure. Ron DeSantis ain't letting that happen. Ron DeSantis had a uh, uh, Soros-appointed prosecutor. His name was Andrew Warren. Uh, Andrew Warren has been in office for about six years, and he's been wreaking all sorts of havoc in the state of Florida, refusing to prosecute prosecute doctors doing gender-affirming treatment and abortions uh, for minors, not telling parents about it, among other things, not prosecuting uh, uh, Black Lives Matter uh, vandals and rioters and other things. And uh, and by the way, yesterday, Ron DeSantis said, uh, bye-bye, you're fired, GTFO. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not in individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to reform those duties. And so today, we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren. Yeah. Yeah, and law enforcement is loving it. And uh, and uh, there you go. So you don't have to wait to, you don't have to do a recall petition and all that stuff with, uh, you know, Soros, DA, Soros DAs and all this. He just fired them. Get the hell out. Go do something else for a living. There's no place for you in a free country. Bye-bye. Here's uh, uh, Ron DeSantis earlier in the week talking about gender-affirming care, which is the mutilation of children. The mutilation of children. Uh, people deciding that uh, kids, uh, pre- even, even kids three years old, can decide their gender identity. And then actual doctors who will prescribe puberty blockers. Uh, Rachel Levine actually is completely down with that. And then when the puberty blockers are done wrecking a child's uh, body, they cut girls' breasts off as they're developing and uh, remove genitals from young boys, causing uh, a lifetime of agony and pain, by the way. But here is uh, Ron DeSantis addressing that. Involved in just protecting children in this state across a wide variety of things. And one of the things that they're trying to do is they talk about these very young kids getting 
gender-affirming care. They don't tell you what that is. Is they By the way, this is sweeping across uh, Great Britain and other uh, countries. They're saying it's, it was always nonsense. And, and what we have to remember, not only we have to remember what they did, but we have to remember who did it, and they need to be punished for this. Actually giving very young... They need to have their medical license removed seriously. Girls mis- double mastectomies. They want to castrate these young... If you cut off breast, healthy breath, breast tissue in an adolescent because she thinks she's the opposite sex you need to be working at walmart you do not deserve to have a medical practice anymore boys that's wrong and so we've stood up and said both from the health and children well-being perspective you know you don't disfigure 10 12 13 year old kids uh based on gender dysphoria now here's a little bit more about this uh this prosecutor that uh ron DeSantis fired yesterday and this is the guy that all the line prosecutors, all the law enforcement said uh, he thinks he can pick and choose which laws. And he actually signed letters saying he wouldn't force laws against uh, transgender surgeries for minors, laws protecting the rights. This guy's a monster. He's a ghoul. He needs to be fired. This, uh, This prosecutor is a monster. Life. And then he has all these policies in his agency that are called presumptive non-prosecution. No, the law is presumptively enforced. That's not something that's acceptable. Uh, And so we there today, we made the decision. The the jarring thing about it, though, Tucker, I had all these sheriffs from the area there. I had the former police chief in Tampa. There's a lot of line prosecutors in that office that are very happy uh, that this was done. And so we took it seriously. We did a thorough review. And we pulled the trigger today. I love it. I love it. Here's a little bit more from DeSantis talking with Tucker last night about uh, firing this prosecutor. And hopefully this will cascade across the country with Republican governors firing people. No, you're right. But here's the here's what, what Soros is doing. It's actually smart on his part. They can't get these things enacted in a legislature where you're just going to. Oh, that's why they want to expand the Supreme Court. Let criminal run. run. So what they do he will get involved in these Democrat primaries in a Democrat area. He'll flush a million dollars to get the radical to win the primary. Then they usually win the general because of the party affiliation difference in the jurisdiction. There are a lot of Democrats, uh, Soros-supported Democrats running right now. So then you get them in there, and what they do is they want to change the criminal justice system through non-enforcement. So it's a total... You wonder why life is hell in places like New York and Baltimore? Blame the Soros prosecutors. Blame the Soros DAs. ...and run around our constitutional... There are other cultural issues, but you know. ...system. The results obviously have been destructive around the country, uh, but it also really undermines the idea that ours is supposed to be a government of laws, not a government of individual men. This is what brings 85% of us together to say the country's going in the wrong direction. A brand new commercial for Ron DeSantis coming up. Your phone calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. And then uh, Christopher Ray of the FBI gets grilled, skewered, kebobbed on Capitol Hill yesterday. All the glorious audio on the way. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Great. Follow Rob Carson on social media. Go to Truth Social Getter, Facebook and Twitter at Rob Carson Show. Please check the uh, social media out. I post stuff all the time because I don't have a life. (laughs) 
Former President Donald Trump enjoys majority support in a hypothetical 2024 primary race, a Harvard-Harris uh, uh, survey shows. Um, it looks like Donald Trump uh, leads a clear majority 52%. Uh, DeSantis, 33 and, and, you know, that's fine. DeSantis is very good. If I were going to look at people who I believe are ready to become the president of the United States, Donald Trump, without a doubt, would be able to do it because he did it very well, and he was screwed out of his second term. Uh, the other person that I would consider to be ready to be the president would probably be Ron DeSantis, followed by Christy Nome of South Dakota. There you go. Those are the people who are, I believe, particularly the first two, ready to be the president of the United States because the two governors led their states through what was supposedly the worst pandemic in the history of the country and their people didn't suffer like they did in places like California and New York. That said, here is Ron DeSantis' new commercial. Dear Governor DeSantis, I wanted to write and thank you for working so hard for the citizens of Florida. Now, if this were around Christmas, it would sound a whole lot like Dear Santa, but it's uh, Dear Governor DeSantis. Don't get confused. Dear Governor DeSantis, I've never written a political leader. But I'm writing to express my appreciation for keeping us Floridians free and thriving. A governor who says what he is... These are real letters, by the way. ...going to do and then does it. I realize that the right thing is not always the easy thing. Without your leadership, we wouldn't have been able to stay open. Our country would suck like New York or our state. As of you... My child has thrived through this pandemic. The monoclonal antibodies saved my mother's life. I'm 11 years old and I'm glad I... You ever notice that the federal government, the FDA, has never said anything about monoclonal antibodies? They just went with this uh, this prophylaxis they gave the president because uh, one of the big drunk companies getting $8.2 million, billion, billion dollars first quarter for it. Could go to school. Watching you beat back the woke liberal media Boom. makes me so proud to be Boom. a Floridian. Freedom to live. Freedom to go to school. Freedom. Freedom. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for keeping Florida free. Now, yesterday, the big announcement by Rodney Santa, excuse me, excuse me, that he was uh, going to fire a prosecutor. Everybody thought that was an announcement for president. Some people are saying that Donald Trump's appearance at CPAC this weekend could be an announcement for president. We will see. But uh, Liz Cheney is about to get just destroyed in, uh, in Wyoming in a couple of weeks. And her dad decided to come out of hiding and do a commercial for her. I'm absolutely serious. So Dick Cheney, uh, his new ad, I think it's called, uh, Vote for My Daughter or I'll Blow Your Face Off with a Shotgun When We're Hunting. No, that's not it. Um, it, it was a little bit different than that. Here is, uh, this is uh, the new ad that he is running. Dick Cheney is running for his daughter, Liz Cheney. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our... You know, I, I, that, that, that lacks some production values here. Hold on a second. If I'm going to do a Dick Cheney commercial for his daughter, let's dress this up a little bit here. Uh, here we go. In our nation's 246-year history, there has never been an individual Much who better. is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it, he knows it, and deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Lynn and I are so proud of Liz for standing up for the truth, doing what's right, honoring Liz, I am your father. Her oath to the Constitution. 
and so many in our party are too scared to do so. Liz is fearless. She never backs down from the fight. There is nothing more important she will ever do than lead the effort to make sure Donald Trump is never again near the Oval Office. I like this. This is just really Cheney, and I approve this message. <laughs> Thanks to my producer, Ken, for putting that together. I, I like it. I think it's great. I mean, if you're going to go to the dark side, you might as well go with the Cheneys because, honestly, that's, uh, that's where you're going. Um, you know, I used to respect uh, Dick Cheney. I'm not saying I don't completely disrespect him, but Donald Trump changed a lot of things. Uh, they He exposed the entrenched swamp in Washington, D.C., and Liz Cheney is part of that. Dick Cheney was part of that. The Bush uh, dynasty, they were part of that. The Bushes will never have a presidency again, God willing. Uh, in fact, uh, a Donald Trump uh, opponent or Donald Trump-supported candidate ended the Bush dynasty in Texas earlier this year, and uh, and that's why um, now I can look back on, uh, you know, and I gave uh, props to, uh, to uh, George Bush for his handling of 9-11 I wasn't a big fan of the invasion of uh, of uh, Iraq and, and Afghanistan, but uh, but now I can look back and realize how entrenched those people are. As uh, uh, as much as you know, Dick Cheney is uh, you know former vice president of the whole deal. He's a he's a swamp dweller. He's a he's a country club Republican. You thought they were going away after Ronald Reagan, they weren't. They're still here. And uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis are going to kick them out. Let's take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. It is a Friday edition of the Rob Carson Show, and we have a special guest on the Newsmax hotline. Uh, this man is a pretty amazing gentleman, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafana, retired Vice uh, President, National Security and Foreign Policy, a U.S. Army, uh, retired, among other things that he does. Well, according to his, hold on, I got it right here, his uh, Twitter page, Heritage Foundation Vice President for Foreign and Security Policy, a guy just trying to prevent World War III, one tweet at a time. Hello, sir, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show, and, uh, and by the way, thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah and uh, so far I'm doing okay. Well, very good. Started, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, I'm only a couple hundred thousand tweets in. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, the, uh, the, the – there was some talk about World War III being uh, caused by Nancy Pelosi going to China. Um, I want to get your perspective on it because I still can't figure out why the hell she went. Any well, idea? Look, first, yeah. I mean, look, first of all, she has a perfect right to go, as does really okay. any American official. And, okay. and if I was going to make a negative comment about Pelosi, as you've been a – speaker along a really long time why haven't you gone before but here's to me is the kind of the the, the i don't know the gobsmack in your face which is mm-hmm. china is the number one challenge that the u.s faces in the world i don't think anybody argues that everybody agrees that taiwan is the most sensitive difficult issue so you would think if anything that every step that the U.S. government made in regard to Taiwan, we would be proactive, thoughtful, organized, and and uh, you know designed everything to have maximum impact, like a like a master chess player making a move. And instead, these 
I mean, these guys just look like they're making it up like as they're going along. I mean, you know, they don't want them to go. They do want them to go. They, they tweet after the thing. They can't explain the one-China policy. I mean, it, you know, it makes the Keystone cops look like, you know, you know the, the Marine Corps, uh, you know, drill team. Yes, yes. Well, I think that we have uh, an infantilization of the culture, and we have people in power who who are and have been infantilized. Like the other day, we saw the vice president of our country say that her pronouns are she and her, and that she's wearing a blue suit. I'm like, what the hell? Am I a Chuck E. Cheese? Am I watching The Electric Company? Or is this the vice president of the United States? And we have this being broadcast internationally. We look like buffoons. Um, your ex-military, you saw, for instance, instance, uh, 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 General Milley say that uh, he's more concerned about white rage. When you hear things like this coming from the upper echelon of, uh, of leadership in our military and, and on Capitol Hill, what do, you, what, do you, uh, what do you say now that you're no longer uh, active? Yeah. So, uh, look, on the one hand, you know, for the, you know, we used to say that politics ends at the water's edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, what is absolutely true for this administration and these folks is that foreign foreign policy for them is an extension of domestic policy. So they use, whether it's foreign policy or national security, to advance their domestic agenda. And then on the other hand, they really don't care about this stuff. They do see this stuff as a distraction. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, they do tend to literally kind of make it up like they're going along. Or sometimes they're like the little kid in the grocery cart. You know, with the steering wheel, it thinks they're driving the cart down the aisle. Yeah. Um, but but the, the damage, for me, the damage this has done is just, you know, catastrophic. I mean, the military is an institution, case in point, right, that is there for one purpose, to defend the vital interests of the United States, to fight and win the nation's war. And when you have an administration who sees that it's perfectly fine to, like, well, let's use the military to advance the green agenda and, yeah. and advance our social agenda and, you know, and restructure gender and everything else. This is incredibly damaging to the military. I mean, I was in the military for 25 years. Yeah. We had pronouns. Everybody that worked for me, their pronoun was soldier. Yep. You know, if you're in the Marine, your pronoun was sailor. If you were yep. in the Navy, I mean, if you're a Marine, your pronoun was Marine. I mean, it's yeah. just nonsense. Yeah. And, it, and it's not just that it's a distraction. It, this is actually damaging to morale. Um, you know, the whole, I spent 25 years in the military trying to explain to everybody that all you saw was a uniform. You didn't see a man or a woman or yep. you know, any race, creed, or color, because these are people that you had to depend on, and they had to depend on you. And this was, this was beyond politics. It was beyond anything. It was soldiers are there to do a selfless service to the nation. They were destroying this, and so they're undermining the morale of, of our country. So when you think about this, when you think about open border policies that are unleashing all the problems of illegal immigration on the country, uh, when you think about energy that you know putting this green green energy in place, which is destroying you know our, our energy industry and driving up prices, they they're like a child, you know, they're like a giant Godzilla, yeah. not like not really thinking about the consequences of what they do as they're walking across Tokyo. Yeah, they're like uh, they're like Lenny from of mice and men, but not as nice. Um, let me ask you this: um, a lot of people were terrified that this uh, that Nancy Pelosi would be shot down and that uh, World War Three would start. Um, I never I never thought about it. I mean, I was a little bit on Monday. I was like, oh boy, here we go. And then I thought, no, why in the hell would China go to war with us when they're getting all the spoils of war without going to war? They got us uh, literally sending them oil from our 
Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We are completely dependent on them uh, on a million, on a myriad of uh, of, uh, of supply chain issues and whatnot. Uh, they are polluting our our uh, society with fentanyl and killing tens of thousands of people. What the hell advantage would a war with the United States do when they they wouldn't be cutting up? They're they're already getting what they want from what would be a war. Uh, without having to fire a shot and without having to disrupt any supply chain, any sort of commerce with the United States? Well, I, I think that's a very perceptive observation, and it really kind of illustrates also the difference between how they treated Trump and how they treated Biden. They, there's some notion that the Chinese are reacting to us, and, and, they react, and they're not. They, they have no respect for Biden, and they give him no, no account. So the Chinese are going to work on their timeline, what they want to do. Um, and it was completely different with Trump. I mean, they, they, they totally didn't get Trump. I mean, I remember we had a Chinese think tank come to visit us. And normally, you know, through the years when the Chinese come, they just kind of, well, here's the party line, you know, and you know, check a box and leave. But they were actually completely perplexed. They said, can you explain Donald Trump to us? Because we don't understand. So, so they, you know, they were reacting to Trump. They're not reacting to Biden. Fact, yeah. They've used this whole thing with Pelosi and us kind of looking like the Keystone Cops yeah. to to really bluster and really talk and humiliate the president of the United States. I mean, now, when you have a phone call with the president of the United States and the, lead, and the leader of the Communist Party essentially yes. dresses down the president of the United States in the phone call. And then the president of the United States basically meekly, you know, doesn't really have an answer for that. And then we actually lie about the readout of the phone call to make it seem like we were being tough with them. And then they <laughs> say, well, no, they weren't. I mean, the, yeah, so my, I, I, I think you're right. I never thought this was going to lead to World War III. But what no. I did think, it was exactly what happened, is the yeah. Chinese have played this for all they could get to, to blow you know, bolster and look tough and, and really kind of humiliate the United States. One other thing that I had heard, and maybe uh, you might have an opinion on it, this could be top secret, uh, that uh, Nancy Pelosi, the reason why she wasn't shot down is that their missile defense system cannot detect a broom or flying monkeys. Is there any truth to that? I, yeah, I was actually more worried that, the, that maybe, you know, Biden was going to try to shoot her down, you know. I, uh, <laughs> Let me ask you about this uh, Zawahiri uh, killing on uh, coming up on the, uh, the one-year anniversary of the catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, thus far, we have no DNA. We heard a couple of years ago that he died of asthma. Uh, we know that if he was living in Kabul, he had a palatial apartment in a very nice neighborhood, from what I can gather. He literally had covered parking for two goats. Um, what what do you what do you have to say about the the killing of Zawahiri in Kabul? Well, I, you know, this is I think the, the one thing that nobody is really talking about because, well, obviously, you know, these guys have just moved back in now because we left. And again, I think this is a dis, a distinction between Trump and Biden. You know, if if we were going to take out a terrorist when Trump was in charge, it would have taken us a day. Yeah. It took these guys four months to get one guy who is basically living in the open. Yeah. And when Trump was president of the United States, it was costing us less to be less to be in Afghanistan for a year than when Obama was president. That was costing us in a week. Not one American soldier was dying in Afghanistan. Yep. Um, yep. The economy of the country was actually growing. Women were in the workplace. Children were going to school. The Taliban and Al-Qaeda were kept at arm's length. Um, and if 
and the cost of killing a terrorist in Afghanistan was essentially negligible because we were already there. Yeah. Now, for Biden to spend four months to organize an operation to kill one terrorist, yeah. the amount of money that the U.S. probably spent to do that is probably half of what it cost us to be in Afghanistan for a year. Yeah. So this yeah. notion about somehow walking away and turning our back on these guys is cheaper? I don't think so. Let me ask you about Ukraine, because our, our time is nigh here. Uh, with regard to Ukraine, we're sending uh, tens of billions of dollars to Ukraine. Oddly enough, we spent like $55 billion to Ukraine, and we've heard nothing since. Nancy Pelosi went over. I said that, you know, Nancy, you don't need to go. All you need to do is give them your account number and uh, routing number. You'll be fine. You don't need to go to the country. Uh, what do you suppose is being done with that money? Because clearly it's not winning a war. Well, this actually is, is I, I think, something Americans don't understand. You, the Ukrainians don't want their country to be corrupt. They, they voted in because they're sick of corruption. Yeah. So when you just throw money at a country, there's no way it cannot have fraud, waste, and abuse. And that fuels corruption. So this does, actually does no help to the Ukrainians who are trying to clean up their country to flood it with American cash. That's unaccountable. So we're not helping anybody. We're not helping the Ukrainians, and we're certainly not helping the American taxpayer. I'm all for supporting the self-defense of Ukraine. But not in the way Biden's doing it. I, I, I think most of us are angry, not really at the Ukrainians. We're angry that we have a Yahoo for a president who is, doesn't take account of our tax dollars, doesn't really care about interest, and, you know, and could care less if Ukraine was overrun as long as everybody, as long as the people that were killing them we're, we're um, using electric vehicles. You know what, I and this is, uh, I, I don't like to do conspiracy theories at all. I just, I don't. I, I look at things through uh, uh, life experience, reason, and research. And, and when it comes to uh, Ukraine, to me, it just seemed like you've got the what they called the third most corrupt country in the world. We've got uh, ties between Hunter Biden and a Ukrainian oil company that gave them lots of money. And a lot of Democrats were going to be leaving uh, uh, office in November. And to me, it just, it just stung of people feathering their nests. Um, well, look, I, look I, 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 I believe it. Yeah, but the Ukrainian people, they are fighting for their lives and their freedom. I know, As I know. we speak today, the Russians took one million hostages wow. and dragged them back to Russia. I mean, they have done unspeakable crimes against these people. Yeah. And these people, you know, if you talk to Ukrainians, they want to live like Americans, but in Ukraine. So yeah. there is a lot of corruption, and people like Biden and his son... They fueled it and made it worse, but let's not put that on the feet of the American people or on the Ukrainian people who are really fighting for their survival against people who are truly, truly evil. Doc, uh, doc I almost called you doctor. <laughs> Lieutenant. I am a doctor. Oh, you are a doctor. Okay, great. Yeah, I have a doctorate. Really? In, in, I can't. I, it's in history, so I can't like give you any medical advice. But oh, okay. I, I wanted you to look at this thing on my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> It's called my head. Uh, my wife thinks it's a malignant growth. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafato, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your service. And let's do this again sometime, okay? Oh, that'd be great. I love your show. I love what you do. So thanks for having us on. It was awesome. All right. God bless you, my brother. Make sure to follow you on, uh, on Twitter and other social media. And certainly check out heritage.org for more information. Have a glorious weekend, my friend. Take care. God let's bless. take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. 
It's the Rob Carson Show. I uh, hope you enjoyed that uh, interview with uh, Dr. Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano. That was really cool. Uh, make sure to check out the podcast today and uh, every day. And by the way, we do it six days a week. It's called the Rob Carson Show podcast. Uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartMedia, Apple Podcasts, all of the uh, usual suspects that you have. If you would like to uh, subscribe, that would be huge. And share with other people. As the show expands across the country, a great place to find the show is in the podcast. It's about two hours. So if you're doing uh, whatever this weekend, getting some stuff done around the house, you might want to listen for that. Uh, don't have a lot of time to get to the Christopher Reality. We'll get, we'll get to that at the top of the next hour because we've got a lot of stuff. But uh, but I want to do a little uh, transgender athlete kind of update here. So let's first start with a little a little uh, uh, what's a kind of a introspective, uh, soft look at transgendered athletes from Jim Gossett. When you're a man who calls himself a girl, wow. It can be a bonus. Bonus. Is that what he's... Okay. Wahoo. Sorry. When you compete with women, you have to hide. Wahoo. Ooh, that pair of cojones. Yeah, you better tuck those. I can cycle against the girls. That's my choice. Watch the seat, though. I can steal their medals. With this manly voice, cause the left makes me feel. He's a voice actor. The left makes me feel. The left makes me feel like a transgender woman. Got large hands and feet. When I compete with females, I'm the one that's feared. Cause I'm the only person in the race with a beard That'll slow you down But somehow I feel The left makes me feel They make me feel like a transgender woman Now I just feel confused Woman <laughs> Transgender cyclist claims that a representative from the USA cycling team informed him that he would no longer be allowed to compete in the women's division and had his spot on the uh, individual pursuit podium revoked. Leah Jenis, 25-year-old who identifies the woman, was reportedly stripped of a silver medal he won in the women's division of the USA Cycling and barred from competing in any additional events in the 2020 Junior and Elite Track National Championships. The girl who was knocked out of contention ended up getting her third-place trophy, and uh, third place went to second, and then the dude, Leah, was uh, booted. Now, here's a, this is a guy who hasn't transgender, doesn't identify as a woman, but I just want you to know that if you're going to be an athlete and you're a man, there are they can be perilous. Italian decathlete. His race was ruined because uh, his uh, his uh, twigs and berries started to show out from his shorts. He's trying to run. He's doing the 400 meter. 18 year old decathlete Alberto Nanino. Uh, he you know he started running and he didn't bother to wear any uh, you know undergarments. Didn't wear the jock strap or whatever, which I never understood. It's like the, the backside. There's nothing there. It's like a hospital gown. Anyway, 18 year old started last night's uh, race strong, coming around the first bend in a good position, uh, and then uh, then realized that uh, you know he was experiencing some discomfort and. 
and uh, uh, he looked down to check on his shorts, and he found out that he had accidentally exposed himself, and he was trying to stay in the race by uh, keeping one of his hands covering and tucking a little bit. It wasn't working. Thank God he didn't do high hurdles. Could have been a lot worse. Might have had to actually compete as a female athlete, uh, even if he didn't want to transition. Despite Donino's best efforts, the problem persisted several more times as he ran down the back straight and around the final two bins, but his race wasn't over as he continued to tuck his manhood back into his shorts. He was able to impressively overtake two of his rivals in the final stretch. He even, uh, I think he even did, uh, uh, you know, uh, jump roping. with. Anyway, <clears throat> he, he, uh, he reached the final straight. The other runners began to pull away. Well, I'm glad it wasn't a relay where you hand the baton because if you put your hand back there you might end up with something you didn't expect anyone Juanino with his uh, mind elsewhere in a different attempt to uh, maintain his dignity slowed down using his hands to hide his genitals from the crowd and then ultimately came at a time of uh, 51.57 seconds his uh, personal best was 51.12 so even though he had his uh, you know, <clears throat> twigs and berries. Uh, some of the other uh, events he was involved in was the pole vault, oddly enough, and the javelin. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. And once again, by the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Welcome to it. We've got another hour together, you and me. Just you and me. Come on over here. Have a seat. Sit right next to me. And let's just, uh, you know, let's let's make the most of it, shall we? We've got a bunch of stuff to uh, get to as far as uh, monkeypox. Uh, Christopher Ray of the FBI, which uh, he should be uh, removed from office after Republicans take over most houses of Congress, and the FBI essentially needs to be reinvented. With the whistleblowers actually uh, assuming the helm. <laughs> so we get to that uh, audio from Christopher Ray yesterday on uh, Capitol Hill. Uh, very shortly, uh, uh, this is kind of weird. Um, fundamental notions about life and death may be changing. If new research out of Yale University is any indication, listen to this. Researchers at Yale were able to restore function to cells in organs of pigs that just died. They were able to reanimate dead tissue. The foundings, that'd, be, that'd really mess up the pork chop dinner you're planning, wouldn't that? I mean, you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, honey, uh, go ahead and hand me the pork. Just give me that one right there. And you stick a fork in it, and it goes, hey, 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 it runs off the plate on you. So, you know, let's, maybe we should just get vegan stuff next time. Anyway, uh, uh, the, the, funding, the findings were published this week in uh, leading scientific journal Nature. And it always starts this way. It's always innocent. It's all, oh, you're just going to do gain-of-function research in the lab in Wuhan and the communist country that wants to destroy the world and kill everybody. Uh, but anyway, so the uh, journal Nature uh, raised significant ethical questions about the medical research of death, medical definition. I hope they can extend it. Hell yeah, I'd like to live a couple hundred years. Using a specialized machine, the scientists injected a synthetic solution called, are you ready, Organex into the pigs. It's called Organex. That just sounds sinister. It looks like the subject is no longer with us. Shall I get the Organex? Yes, get the Organex as the thunder claps. <laughs> So they uh, injected the Organex. Wow, 
It's creepy. Uh, the pig's heart began to beat while cells and other organs, including the liver, kidneys, and brain, also began, uh, began functioning. We all know where this is going to end up, don't we? Now, that brain that you gave me, was it Hans Delbrooks? No. Ah, good. Uh, would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. <laughs> Abby someone. Abby someone? Yes. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal? Mm -hmm. I'm almost sure that was the name. <laughs> Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long... 54 inch white gorilla! What? Is that what you're telling me? Wait, wait, get up! What? I have a funny feeling, and maybe this is me being conspiratorial, but I'm thinking maybe somebody might have injected Joe Biden with some Organex. Because there are days you're like, wow, weekend that birdies all over again. Like the other day, we had the video, and he's like, the next scene, he's like, hi, I'm Joe Biden. How are you? What's Organex? Nina or Nita Farahani, neuroethicist at Duke University, called the experiment stunning. Farahani also meant, noted that the uh, research raises questions about the definition of death. We presume death is a thing. It is a state of being. Are there forms of death that are reversible or not that's pretty weird we're going to conquer death it's going to happen i believe it i i really do i really believe it they're going to figure out what causes it and i think they're going to conquer it and and we've already seen an extension of the uh lifespan i mean when i was uh, say if I, we were we, all of us were born like oh 300 400 years ago We'd be like uh, Logan's Run. You live to your thirtieth birthday, and uh, you know, and uh, redo, redo, redo. You know, little hat tip to the Gen Xers and uh, baby boomers out there. With far as uh, Logan's Run. All right, let's move on to Capitol Hill, shall we? Where I think Chuck Grassley got some. What is that stuff called? Some Organ X. I think he did because he almost was lively yesterday. Almost, but not quite. Chuck Grassley asked. Uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, about uh, whistleblowers who uh, contacted Chuck Grassley about hiding Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, you may recall that the, uh, the FBI has had Hunter Biden's laptop for, well, since 2019, and they've done D-word with it. And they covered it up in time for the 2020 election. They covered it up with six weeks remaining before the election. They covered it up. Well, here is uh, Chuck Grassley uh, asking um, Christopher Ray about uh, whistleblowers in the FBI and if they would be outed or punished. In the first place, uh, we will be scrupulous in our uh, adherence to the rules related to whistleblowers. Uh, uh, we don't believe you because you're a lying liar who lies. Um, obviously, if there are allegations of misconduct by FBI employees, we want to make sure that we get that information so that we can use the tools that we have. To yeah, after we read it in the paper and tell you about it, you can do that. Yeah, because you're doing it. Go after that kind. And by video, it's certainly I, oh, I it froze up. condemn in the strongest possible terms any prospect of retaliation against whistleblowers. I, I absolutely. 
if the FBI received information, I'm not asking about a case here, I'm just uh, about information that foreign persons had received. Uh, let me start over again. If the F- you know, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that because I think he needs another shot of uh, Organex. Yeah, I'm going to do Organex. Uh, just real quick, Matt Gates back in uh, March questioned the FBI cybersecurity director, the cybersecurity director, about the Hunter Biden laptop, which the FBI has had since 2019. We all know, and uh, and certainly this uh, this. Uh, puppet show on Capitol Hill where Christopher Ray comes and never answers a damned freaking thing, never says anything. We'll see how you are in a court of law, sir. We will see that when you are being impeached, sir. Here is Matt Gates talking to the, literally, cybersecurity, the guy at the FBI had no idea about Hunter Biden's freaking laptop. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from FBI guys like, well, we've been trying one, two, three, four, five, and A, B, C, D, E, not having any luck at all. Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir, that's an accurate statement. He went to the Christopher Ray uh, School of Question Answering. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Well, you can't because uh, they're all crooked, you see. And this would be the biggest damn story in the world if it were one of, uh, if it were one of uh, Donald Trump's kids. I mean, you look at it uh, on, uh, just on the face of it. A uh, uh, crack-addled whoremonger dropping off a couple of laptops at a, convenience, a, a computer store under the influence of a number of different things. Uh, legit information, including uh, pictures and video and emails showing that the President of the United States had met with Hunter Biden business associates, even though he said he had not. The Hunter Biden laptop also showed that the Biden family has received at least $30 million from communist China. Uh, we know also that the uh, president's son decided that he he could, if he couldn't make a living, uh, you know, selling crack or whatever he does, or just faking it like he's some sort of a, uh, an expert on oil and gas, that he'd sell paintings. Remember that? There was that painting thing, and they got some Chinese buyers who were willing to pay a, guy, pay a guy who had never painted anything in his life half a million dollars for every single painting, even though in China there is a thing. It's called Yahui, and what you do is uh, government officials give you a piece of art because the value can be... Uh, 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 you know, anything it is. I mean, you could say that, they, oh, yeah, this is worth $100 million, and some uh, dumbass might pay it. But what they do in China is they give you a piece of art that could be worthless, and then they let you sell it to somebody who's in the Chinese Communist Party, uh, you know, maybe a half a million dollars for a painting, and then they basically throw the painting in the garbage, and you get the money. Kind of weird that way. Here's a little bit more from Matt Gates, giving the uh, head of cybersecurity a little what fur about Hunter Biden's laptop. Well, I would think you'd know this one. I mean, I would think that if the president's son, who does international business deals, referencing the now president with the Chinese, with Ukrainians. I mean, have you assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop gives Russia the ability to harm our country? We can do this back and forth for the next couple of minutes. I don't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop or the investment. But should you? 
I mean, you're the assistant director of FBI Cyber. I might buy the block and line chart. No, sir, I should not. Who should, who should we put in that chair to ask? Uh-oh, this is called buck passing. Questions about this laptop that FBI has had for three years. Sir, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a position to make a recommendation who should say. So you don't have it. You don't know who has it. You don't know where it is. You're the assistant director. You know, earlier you talked about whether or not you were the Grant Hill or the Christian Leitner. It sounds like you're the Chris Weber trying to call a timeout when you don't have one. Yeah, it's a joke. You never get anything out of these hearings because these jackasses uh, lie and obfuscate and distract. It's ridiculous. Let's go to uh, Gina in lovely Fredericksburg, Virginia. What's to talk about uh, bringing people back to life with that, uh, what's that, Pig X or something? The hell? Hi there. How are you, Gina? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I was talking about this uh, Organ X. It's called Organ X, bringing pigs back to life. What do you think? I think it's uh, going to be fun. Why? You know, there, well, there is a pig that I know wants to live. Wait, we're not allowed to be that mean, are we? But anyway, <laughs> um, Nancy Pelosi would love to live longer. And in Doctor Who, I don't know if you remember the episode where the the one woman lived so long that she was nothing but a flap of skin stretched across a, uh, I don't know, an embroidery thing or something. Really? Yeah, and she said uh, her, her favorite line was, moisturize me. Wow, weird, weird. Gina, thanks for, the, uh, thanks for the horrifying vision. We appreciate it. Gina, let me ask you this. How long would you live if you could live? Uh, maybe 105. If, 105? If holding up. Yeah, if everything holds up. If everything was holding up, I'd, I'd want to live 500 years. It depends on who's in office, though, because you could go through a lot of crap. You could go through all sorts of stuff in, the, in, uh, in 500 years. You know, Think of what we've done in the last 100. Right, and, and if there's a lot of crap, why would you want to go through that? Yeah, for sure. And then also, think about all the just the... All of the Valentine's Days you're going to have to pay for, and all that nonsense. And then, and what? What's don't a do that. what's we a 100 year anniversary, Gina? What's that? Platinum is like 50. What's 100? Uh, lucky to be alive, <laughs> I think. All right, Gina. Thanks for the call. Do appreciate it. Uh, let's take a break. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. All right, if you get a chance to check out the podcast, it is called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. Uh, today's podcast is going to be awesome. we got a lot of uh, satire on it, great guests as well, as all of them. And, of course, we do it on Saturday, a best-of show. Uh, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast if you'd like more information on that. Yesterday, Christopher Ray, who's a weasel. Uh, you know, and honestly, uh, there are so many government institutions that uh, the FBI has had a... Uh, quasi dubious existence to some degree depending on who's in charge um not saying they've done bad work throughout their history but clearly the upper echelons of power in the fbi are a joke and they are lying to us they're going after crt parents they are it's been proven they are going after people who have Gazden flags or Betsy Ross flags and saying they're white supremacists. They are trying to convince you that white supremacy is the biggest threat that we, thre- that we uh, are facing, despite the fact that Black Lives Matter and Antiba caused $2 billion worth of damage with 500 riots in the summer of 2020, including trying to burn down historic St. John's Church near the White House and sending the first family into the presidential bunker for the first time in history. I mean, I'm just so tired of this nonsense. We're not stupid. Heads have to roll. Not only after this election, but after 2024 when Donald Trump is the president again. Heads have to roll.
It's time to tear the roof off the mother sucker. I said sucker. Here's Marsha Blackburn talking to Chris Ray about the uh, the Russia collusion hoax that the FBI appeared to be completely down with this. Now, the day that it was announced that people were investigating Donald Trump for the Russia collusion hoax, I said, well, that doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Because Donald Trump is running as a hawk on foreign policy and defense and trade. And um, Hillary Clinton had been bought and paid for to the tune of 150 plus million dollars into her failed foundation that did nothing, came from Russian oligarchs after the Uranium One deal she signed off on as Secretary of State. See, I remember these things. It's weird how that happens. And here's Marsha Blackburn asking Christopher Ray about the uh, Russia hoax. They're trying to do. Americans uh, looked at what they perceived to be, and I think rightly so, a ton of money that was wasted on the Russia collusion investigation. So do you agree that the allegation of secret collusion between President Trump and Russia was a hoax? Yes or no? Now, instead of answering the question, he's going to make it into a word game, like a little child. I, I, I don't think that's the terminology I would use, but... Uh, How about pile of crap? How about a giant stinking pile of crap? How about we use that expression? Uh, I think there's been a lot written on this subject, and uh, both in the special counsel's report, the inspector general's yes report. Yes or no is fine. So that's not a term I would use. Okay. Uh, okay, that wasn't the question, you moron. Uh, do you agree that the Hunter Biden laptop was... I'm sorry, that was cruel. I, I need to watch that. You're a wretched, cruel, uh, corrupt moron. Not... Russia disinformation. Uh, now you're asking about an ongoing uh, investigation. Why even having the hearing? It doesn't say a damn thing. Uh, that I expect our folks to pursue okay. aggressively, and I just I can't comment on okay. that. Okay, and you possess the laptop, right? Uh, again, I can't discuss that. Ongoing. Oh, God in heaven. Uh, honestly, honestly, he should work for the FHA. Uh, fire his ass. Uh, here is a little bit more. This is uh, Mike Lee asking about all these uh, these leftist groups going after uh, churches and uh, uh, abortion crisis centers. Uh, so far, about 100 of them, by the way. And uh, what's the FBI doing about it? The pro-abortion group known as Jane's Revenge is taking credit for many of the attacks on pregnancy centers and on churches across the country. These, of course, endanger a lot of people, including volunteers and employees, people who are just coming to worship, uh, uh, or to seek health care uh, of, of one sort or another. How many domestic terrorism investigations does the FBI currently have open under the category of abortion-related violent extremism? I don't have the exact number, but I can tell you that just, we... Just start throwing words out. Just like, shoe, hat, airplane. It's about as good as what you're saying. We have opened a number of uh, domestic violent extremism investigations. Ball cap. Shoestring. Uh, using our joint terrorism task forces that are specifically uh, focused Popcorn on... Popcorn ceiling. Wagon wheel. ...on attacks or threats against uh, churches, pro-life organizations, uh, uh, pregnancy resource centers... Baklava, contact lenses. ...similar types of organizations, including, for example, uh, I know off the top of my head, 
We have one, uh, you know, in, in Senator Grassley's home state of Iowa. Because he's putting the heat on us, so I better say that. In Des Moines, uh, we have one in Senator Blackburn's uh, state of, of, of... Here is uh, Ted Cruz asking him about uh, Supreme Court justices' protests in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. And By the way, there has been an attempted assassination of a conservative Supreme Court justice. The FBI and the Justice Department are doing D-word to uh, prevent these protests, which could easily uh, result in violence against a Supreme Court justice. And by the way, it's illegal. Let me ask you a different question. Yes, Senator. Simultaneously, while violent terrorists are threatening pregnancy centers, we also have had protesters at the homes of Supreme Court justices night after night after night. Now, and I here is uh, Christopher Ray's. Well, no, I got to save it because that music says, hey, Rob, shut up. That's the uh, stage equivalent of a, uh, a cane grabbing me by the neck and pulling me off. But don't worry, I'll have it for you on the other side of the break. Plus, a look at Monkeypox and Whoopi Goldberg thinks she's God. I'll explain why coming up on The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. for Rage Against the Machine. I, uh, I choose my own bumper music. I just sent some new bumper music to uh, my producers. And yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of good to listen to some cool music, particularly uh, the, the music of Generation X. It's funny because I see a lot of kids um, running around wearing Nirvana shirts. That's like the big thing for uh, you know kids my daughter's age. My daughter's 17. And Kurt Cobain was effectively my age. You know, he would have been, uh, you know, in his 50s now. And it's, it's kind of funny. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. I like to listen to new music, too. Like, have you ever heard of uh, Greta Von Fleet? They, uh, they are a complete Led Zeppelin knockoff, but damn, they're good. Gen Z. Wow. Unbelievable. Got those on the playlist. So uh, Christopher Ray was on the Capitol Hill yesterday. Didn't say anything. Didn't say a damn thing. He's the director of the FBI. He was asked about why uh, the FBI has not uh, uh, done anything about uh, the radicals uh, protesting in front of the conservative Supreme Court justices' homes by Ted Cruz. Here's what he said. Um, when, the, when the opinion first leaked, uh, we put out a directive to all of our field offices to be looking actively for potential uh, threats of the very sort you're talking about. Are you sure you weren't looking for white supremacists? Because that's what you say you're looking for. And I want to be crystal clear on this. Uh, From our perspective, I don't care what side of the issue you're on. I don't care who you're upset with or what you're upset about uh, on an abortion or anything else. You don't get to use violence or threats of violence to act on it. And then why aren't you investigating what the hell happened during the summer of 2020? Your argument is specious at best, and your answers broadcast to all of us that you are the head of a profoundly political and corrupt organization that, that needs to be figuratively blown up. Everybody fired who's in the upper echelons of power. And many of them indicted prosecuted and imprisoned yeah i like the sound of that actually it's about time it's about time some of these people went to freaking jail 
so tired of this nonsense. So tired of the abuse. Aren't you just damned tired of the abuse? Because I'm tired of the abuse. And here's Ted Cruz asking him about, uh, oh, you know, you remember, uh, they, they uh, like they did, uh, you know, what I would, uh, I would say certainly that we can unequivocally say that the January 6th protesters were infiltrated by some government insiders. Uh, even AOC admitted that the Capitol Police let protesters inside the building. 16,000 hours of interior video footage of the Capitol is not being shown because no damage was done. If there was any damage, it was very, very minuscule. By and large, the people who went there stood inside the velvet rope in the rotunda. They didn't knock over any statues. They didn't set anything on fire. We know this because they opened up the damn Capitol and they restarted the uh, the the uh, approval, I guess, of, of the election results without debate, which is what uh, anybody wanted was a debate on some of the uh, questionable results. But uh, that said, the Capitol was reopened two hours later, um, unlike the summer of 2020. But here is uh, Ted Cruz asking about the, uh, uh, what happened on January the 6th uh, and, and more actually talking about the, uh, the Christie Whitmer attempted assassination. I believe that there were some players, big government players, in the crowd in January 6th, and uh, I believe that there were some people January the 6th who were entrapped. I think there's no doubt about that whatsoever if you look at the amount of punishment that is being made it out and some of the charges that they come up with. They, people were entrapped, and they tried to entrap four individuals in a plot to kill and kidnap the governor of Michigan. This was a plot created by the FBI. The whole thing was created by the FBI, and then they found some people that they thought would, uh, would play along. The charges were dismissed against these people and will be refiled, but here is uh, Ted Cruz talking about the person who actually did this, who came up with this idea, and how uh, he's in charge of now the January 6th investigation. For those of you who don't believe that the, the uh, FBI is a purely political organization at this point, uh, keep smoking that good weed. In Michigan, that case ended up an absolute debacle where the four people who went to trial... Two of them were acquitted, two received mistrials. None of them were convicted on even a single charge. And the basis of the defense was entrapment, that the FBI, that paid enforcements for the FBI, had suggested and had incited the conduct. Let me ask you, how many FBI agents were disciplined or reprimanded after that disastrous case and the misconduct that led to every defendant being acquitted or having a mistrial in every charge. Now realize this is the highest profile case that the FBI is involved in uh, or was involved in, and uh, this man should know everything about it. Uh, Senator, I can't comment on a personal matter. I can tell you... Now what the hell good are you? ...that that case, as I understand it, is now pending a, uh, a retrial, as I understand it. Well, the special agent in charge of that case... One faceplant wasn't enough. ...case has now been sent to D.C., to the Washington, D.C. office, and now leads the investigation regarding January 6th. Is that correct? That doesn't sound right to me. That does not sound right. The, the, the name of the individual he is... He didn't say no. Stephen D'Antuno. He was, he was run out of the FBI Detroit field office. And by the way, I will point okay. out that the lead investigator, Special Agent Track, are you aware that he was apparently fired 
for allegedly beating his wife after coming home from a swingers party and he'd made multiple derogatory political posts about President Trump showing... I've never had that kind of reaction after a swingers party. Okay, I've never been. Political bias, are you aware of that? I am aware of, I think, the incident you're describing uh, and action that was taken about it. Uh, to clarify on the first part of your question... Uh, blah, 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 blah. You're not going to get anything out of him because he's a lying liar who lies. There you go. There you go. <sighs> indict, impeach, remove, incarcerate. Prosecute. Well, indict, impeach, remove, incarcerate. There you go. I like that. I like that. Repeat. Then repeat. Up and down the chain. Up and down the chain of command in the FBI. I'm looking for my audio with regard to uh, Whoopi Goldberg. I've got some, uh, some great audio about uh, abortion that I want to share with you. Uh, because uh, Whoopi, Whoopi apparently, yeah, here's a Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg uh, believes that God is on the side of uh, those who would choose abortion. I'm going to share that audio in a second. And I've got some thoughts uh, on this Friday from uh, someone who, uh, you know, is adoptee, whose uh, mother was sexually assaulted. Um, I like to flash that badge, you know, like, the, like an FBI badge, except for mine has uh, real credibility. We'll get to that in a second. Brian in Baltimore wants to talk about the FBI. Hello there, Brian, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's going on? Good afternoon. I'm yes. not dodging any bullets today. I apologize for yesterday. I tried to uh, call in, but... Regardless, okay. uh, in regards to the officers involved with the FBI, uh, this sounds like a type of cover-up, almost like Baltimore City with the officers from the handgun task force. They uh, they all received sentences, and you know they they did the cover-up and all these other things that were involved with you know hiding the real truth. So if yeah. we're on a local level, take it and escalate it up to the top. Oh, yeah. These people are put there to do this for their own purpose and reason, yeah. and nothing will ever happen to them. We know that. We see it. And yeah. my curiosity is, uh, have you seen or heard any more about the other people in the Capitol uh, trials? I mean, it's like it's all a hush-hush. Well, a lot of the trials of they, they've kept people in uh, in prison, uh, many of them under a 22 hour lockdown in uh, solitary confinement, being denied uh, not only counsel, but also uh, religious services uh, and also their trials delayed. So this is the Bastille. We have the proletariat. We have the bourgeoisie. We have the Bastille. And uh, and after this election, heads are going to roll just like they did uh, in a tale of two cities. As far as Baltimore, Baltimore is another bastion of, uh, of pay for play of Democrat rot and uh, and and that Democrat rot that same uh, political favoritism and uh, and weaponization of law enforcement does go all the way to the top of the sure. FBI and other sure. and other organizations in the government for sure Brian hey Brian so thanks sure. for the call man have a great weekend okay you too be safe all right all right all right let's talk about Whoopi Goldberg Willie Goldberg was on The View, and, uh, and this is, you know, you can't just forsake religion and faith and God, and then suddenly one day, despite the fact that you're a raging leftist, uh, either quote the Bible or bend faith to fit your leftist 
your leftist beliefs. And, and there is no doubt that God is on the side of life. If you believe in a God, you will believe that God created life. And you also must believe that a child in the womb is a life. Hence, God created that life. Hence, God created you. Hence, if you decide you are going to kill the baby in your womb, then you are playing God. Here he is, whoopee, bending her faith. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the, that's the beauty no. of giving us freedom of choice. No. Yes. These are mental gymnastics. Because I know. And she's not very flexible. I'd hate to see her on like the parallel bars or, yeah. My relationship, you know, my relationship is always choppy. Yeah. With God. It's always shocked. God. With God, always, because I have a lot he of questions. You. You're his favorite. Oh, I listen, I, I, I have no doubt, but I also know that God made me smart enough to know that if there are alternatives out there that can work for me. What about, uh, is the alternative killing the other God's creation, and apparently you're more important to God than that creation, or, or you're playing God yourself? I will investigate them, but I also know God said. That's what it sounds like to me. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I okay, so if you want to do unto others as you would have done to yourself, then I would assume at 64 years old, you'd be willing to abort yourself. I will not make that decision for anybody. What about the life in the womb? You know, I will say this, that life has a plan and a purpose designed by... Elizabeth Hasselbeck, by the way, she's right. God, I don't believe there's any circumstance where we should give the death penalty that, to an innocent I, life. I love that you feel that and that's way. that's why I brought it is, this towel. It's great. For all of you. Just if you want to say this, because we're not going to agree, but I hope that women out there know that that's awesome. Yes. This says, I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and it's Stacey Abrams. She talked about her spiritual journey the other day and uh, an abortion. I, I hope we can hear this okay. It's a little off mic. So the question is my, how my spirituality intersects with my public service. How her spirituality intersects with her public service. Is it, to, is it cool to steal, uh, does God say it's cool to steal votes? The daughter of not one, but two ministers. And what they raise us to believe is that your, your faith is a shield to protect. It is not a sword to strike others down. It is a sword. Your faith is, a, is, not, is something to protect yourself, not to strike others down. And for me, the decision to be pro-choice is exactly part of my faith. So her decision to be pro-choice is part of her faith. I cannot strike down another person's rights. I cannot strike down another person's rights. Simply because I don't agree. Okay, well, it's a right to uh, keep and bear arms in the United States. So uh, what about that? My shield is to say that you have the right to make your own decisions. You have the right to make your own decisions, even if it means killing somebody else who was created by God. It sounds like she's starting to preachify. She's starting to preachify. And so for me, my faith is a lived experience. It is what I will always talk about because it is a shield. And it is a shield. Well, then that's the case. Then you should be able to murder and God should be fine with it. Right? Isn't it? If Whoopi decides, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, God has given me the intelligence to decide that I'm going to murder that person and uh, I'm going to go on living. Yeah, don't. It just does no good to twist uh, the Christian faith uh, in this manner because nobody believes it. And nobody believes it. No, no person of a serious person of faith believes it. Let's take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show.
proud to serve as the iceberg to the SS Titanic every day. It's the Rob Carson Show. I was trying to decide how to wrap up the show today. We've covered a lot of serious stuff, and I had some things I wanted to say about monkeypox, but I'm not going to do that right now. I want to I I share a couple things with you. Um, I think today, uh, I hope you've enjoyed the show. I hope that you laughed. I hope that you uh, uh, enjoyed the content we provided here, and, uh, and you have some ammunition for uh, those who would uh, attempt to challenge you on a variety of political issues. Um, but these two stories I thought were uh, pretty cool, and, and I want to share them with you. Uh, millennials reveal what they thought were signs of wealth when they were growing up. I thought this is pretty interesting because, uh, you know, I have always dreamed of being wealthy. I've never been wealthy. I mean, uh, uh, I've been in the, you know, uh, I, I've done well for myself and there have been very lean times. But as a kid, it was, it was pretty lean. It was a viral discussion online i saw it yesterday some uh, people around the world millennials they said that some of the things that made them think that you know wealth they were wealthy or others were were uh, a fridge with an ice dispenser buying real butter having two parents who still live together that was kind of interesting right that was a sign of wealth in isn't, isn't that amazing the kids think that a sign of wealth, the richest thing you could possibly imagine would be to have two parents who choose to be together. That's pretty amazing. Another woman said uh, that she uh, always thought it was a brand new usable lunchbox. That was the, her ultimate rich girl had a new lunchbox when she was a kid. Another one said having a birthday cake that wasn't in a 13 by 9 pan. Somebody said owning a trampoline, the ultimate having a chandelier in your house, throwing away the ketchup bottle without adding water and shaking it till you get the last bit. That's rich. That was rich. Kids who bought, uh, brought strawberries in their lunches. For me, it was the big candy bar on Halloween. If, if there was uh, the Dr. Welburn, he lived on the hill in, uh, in Neola, Iowa, where I grew up, and, and Dr. Welburn was the vet, the veterinarian, and he'd give out whole candy bars. And I thought he was rich. That's why every year at Halloween I get regular-sized candy bars and I get bite-sized candy bars. And they're really polite and awesome kids. They get the big candy bar. And I like to see the reaction on their face. It means a lot to me. And finally, this happened this week. Woodland Street Bridge, Nashville. A severe, uh, horrible accident. 23-year-old and a 30-year-old man hit by a tractor-trailer. On the bridge, Joshua Campbell, his teenage brother and some friends witnessed the accident. They ran over to find the male victim on the ground, badly injured and screaming, please save me, God help me. The young men involved, equipped with life-saving skills, recently taught them in missionary, by missionaries in the Bible survival and combat camp, dedicated to restoring biblical young manhood. One was a 17-year-old Mark Harrison. And uh, he used a tourniquet using uh, the, the, the male victim's pants. I took his pants off, wrapped it around his legs as good as I could get, and we stopped the bleeding. Campbell indicated that the injury, which had exposed bone, was gruesome. It was really a seconds count situation, and the victim was losing blood fast. Campbell and the other young men suspended the legs against the bridge railing after doing what they could to slow the ble- bleeding. 
The young men aided the witness, continually applied pressure to the victim's legs, and waited for paramedics to arrive, and they prayed together. Both victims, both critically injured, are reported in stable condition at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. Harrison suggested it's got to be a miracle. Beautiful. Joshua Campbell, Mark Harrison, heroes. Beautiful story. Let's come back, wrap things up in just a second. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Guys, that's going to do it for the show today. I want to welcome our new affiliate, WJFV AM 1650, the voice of Hampton Roads, KVI Seattle, next weekend. And more on that front coming. Have a glorious weekend with your family. Follow me on social media. God bless you, your family, our first responders, our military. And uh, we'll see you on Monday. And do your very best until then to not catch the stew, but catch my show on Newsmax this weekend, NewsmaxTV.com. See ya!